Well, how about this praise band, huh? Aren't they just fabulous? Today's scripture reading comes from Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. And it's very fitting. As you listen to these words, understand what is being said. Very important, very fitting. And we love you, Ricky. Love you very much. Here, Isaiah 43, 18, 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Terry, for reading our scripture lesson. You always do a great job. and appreciate there's a lot of great work in our church that you don't see. Uh, he leads the uh, worship services at the first of every month over at the Oakwood Village for some of our homebound folks. and does a fantastic job over there keeping that ministry, and several of you are involved in it. And uh, just thank you, Terry, for your spirit <clears throat> and all things. And, uh, again, thank you for your worship band. What a blessing, what a privilege it has been to to work with you guys and gals and everybody that's a part of that, uh, that have just lead us in phenomenal worship every Sunday morning. Truly a blessing. It's been on my heart to to be able to share that with you. For those of you who are joining us this morning online and those of you here, I just say welcome and uh, may God's spirit be upon us as we worship here together. We've heard this reading of God's word. Now let us seek its understanding for our life today and where we are. Let's ask for God to help us in that. Will you pray with me? Lord God, as we as a congregation find ourselves in a time of transition with anxiety about what the future holds, I just pray, God, that you would speak to us in this moment, through this time, through the power of your word, the power of your Holy Spirit, to bring peace, to bring comfort, reassurance to bring um, promise and hope for the future. God, I pray that you would enable me to proclaim your word in a way that brings glory to you and to you alone. I've prayed that every time that I get up because I I want it to be about you, God, never about me. I just pray, Lord, that this time will be a blessing for all of us. So come, Holy Spirit, lead us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my message today is one that may not impact your life in a great way, but it is special nonetheless because it is the last time that I will be able to spend time in God's Word with you as your pastor. Now, I came to the realization many years ago that um, uh, most people probably don't remember my sermons from Sunday to Sunday, what I preach about. In fact, there was a time when I asked people to raise their hand if they remembered what I had preached about the previous Sunday, and very few people raised their hand. Uh, even my wife, uh, she didn't raise her hand. So I was like, really? <clears throat> so I come to this, my last sermon with you, realizing that it's not the sermons preached <laughs> that are remembered, but rather it's the sermons lived, and the relationships made that will hopefully be remembered and cherished. And as I look upon your faces today and I reflect upon how you have blessed my life in immeasurable ways, 
my heart is filled with a deep sense of gratitude and gratefulness today. This morning, as I came to church early, I always come early on Sunday mornings, and I it's been my habit every Sunday to walk through the places that we worship in on Sunday morning and where people will be gathering as a part of the worship service and to pray over those areas as I walk through them. I'll pray for the people who will be gathering, the teachers, all of those things are happening. And today as I made that journey through the, the, the church buildings, I was reflecting upon all of the wonderful moments that we have shared together in this place. And I gave thanks to God for the memories. So I walked through the office and the various other areas and the classrooms where people will be gathering. And I came here to where we're worshiping here. And I, I walked through and I laid my hands on the end of the rows there as I have done every Sunday praying for all of you who would be coming. My heart was filled as I gave thanks for the memories and for the hope for the future that I have for this church. And I know that God has for this church. Today, I mean, this week, as I drove through this community in the town, um, this place that we have come to know as our home for the last seven years, I gave thanks to God for the memories that living here in this wonderful community has given us. As Marie and I are preparing for this week and time of transition, we have held hands together and we have offered up our prayers for Thanksgiving for all the many ways in which you have blessed our lives in the time that we've been able to be here among you. Alexander White once said to a group of seminary students, and they were preparing to go out as new pastors and pastor churches, he said to them, a congregation is awaiting you to be made by you after you have been made by God. And today I can say with great love in my heart, That because of your kindness, because of your patience, because of your grace, you have helped to make me. I'm not the same person I was when I first came here. And none of us are the same people today that we were yesterday. I mean, life's experiences have a way of shaping us and, and changing us. And so I today thank God for you, for your kindness, for your encouragement, for the support that you've given me as I've served here as your pastor and for how you've helped to make me, to shape my life. Thank you also for your acceptance of me and my family. I mean, whenever you move to a new place, uh, there's always a a lot of anxiety and expectations of things. You know, you wonder, how are they going to receive you? Uh, How are you going to fit in? Uh, And so, you know, I'm very different than your previous pastor, Greg. And I was like, well, how are they going to fit me into that? You know, stuff. So you you wonder about all those things. uh, But, you know, you have been very gracious to receive us in the life of your family here. And we have been so blessed to be a part of this church family. No matter where we go, it will always be a part of you that we take with us in our hearts. And I thank you for that. One of the realities of being human is that there are no perfect people. There's no such thing as a perfect pastor. There's no such thing as a perfect church, which is why I'm very grateful for God's grace and for the grace that we're able to show to one another. And I want you to know that if I have offended or if I have hurt anyone in any way, that that has never been my intention to do so. It's never been my heart. 
And I hope that you, if, if that has been the case, that you will find the grace within your heart to forgive me. For I hope that on that day when we all stand together in heaven before God, that we will be able to do so as friends. It has been my honor and my privilege to stand up here on Sunday mornings for the last six years, right? <laughs> six years here. It's been seven years total, but we got this service started in six years. But I've stood here in this area for six years for, with the privilege of proclaiming God's word to you. And today is no different. The scripture that Terry read for us comes from Isaiah chapter 43. It's a wonderful, wonderful passage of scripture. And I believe these words are significant to the context that comes afterwards. And this is a contrast between yesterday and today. It is a contrast between the enslavement to our past and the liberation of God's grace to the future. It is a contrast between the present promises and purposes of God and the everlasting, the future, eternal purposes of God. It's a great, wonderful passage. Isaiah tells his people, but now, but now I'm about to do a new work among you. And using, I want to use this passage today to talk about what I believe God is trying to say to you and to me as we prepare to say goodbye. First of all, God's desire, I think, is to identify with us, to protect us, and to give us a sense of security in the midst of where we find ourselves. The first seven verses of this chapter deal with just tremendous, unbelievable personal involvement that God has promised to have in our lives, which gives us this unbelievable sense of security, peace. In fact, there are 41 personal pronouns in the first seven verses of this, of this chapter where God declares the things that he's going to do for us. And like bookends, a verse, from verse 1 where he says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. To verse 7, he's declaring that I identify with you. I am with you. I am in control and will protect you. I'll put my hedge of protection around your life. And I will give you security, peace. These words from Isaiah are the words that were used as a part of um, uh, one of my favorite hymns that I'll get to in a moment. But look what he says here in verse 2 when he says, You will pass the waters and I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. As I said, these words from this chapter were used to uh, form the, the hymn that's one of my favorite hymns. It's called How Firm a Foundation. I don't know if you remember that hymn or not, but it's, it's one of my favorites. And you hear these words, How Firm a Foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and I will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee. I'll cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. And when through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow. For I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee 
your deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flames shall not hurt thee. I only design thy draws to consume, thy gold to refine. If you know these words, this hymn or the tune to it, sing it with me. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul through all hell should endeavor to take. I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. People, this is the God that we worship and that we serve. A God whose love is steadfast. A God who will protect you, who will give you security. A God who promises to be with you. A God who is in control, no matter what. And I have had to lean on these words a lot these last few weeks and days and months. And I hope that these are words that you will hang on to as well. The second thing I think we can glean from this passage is, is that God desires to do a new work in our lives. God desires to do a new work in the life of this church. And God desires to do a new work in my life. In verses 18 through 19, the Lord says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I am about to do a new thing. And now it springs up. And then he asked that all-important question, Do you not yet perceive it? Do you perceive it? You know, sometimes we're unable to perceive the new work, the new things that God is trying to do in our life because we're too focused on the past. Uh, We're focused on yesterday. And as long as we are looking over our shoulder at yesterday, we really can't embrace and to really appreciate the things that God is trying to do in our lives now. You can't embrace the future as long as you're focusing on the past. So I think that's kind of where we are right now in our life together. It's a new day for you, and it's a new day for me. This is a time to look forward to the future with a sense of excitement, with a sense of hope. For God desires to do a new work with you and among you. And what I love about this passage is that it really says that God is not just trying to do a new work among us. God desires to do a greater work among us. And look what it says in verses 19 and 20. It says, I will make a way in the wilderness. We may feel like we're in the wilderness right now. Unknown, uncertainty. And the rivers in the desert, I'll make a way. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. Folks, as as I prepare to leave and as we go through this time of transition, I hope that you will hold on to that promise, that you will hear it and embrace it. That God desires to do a greater work in the life of this church than he's ever done before. If you will embrace this promise of God, and you will work together to support your, your new pastor that comes in. And you will work together to, to try to achieve the, the desire and the hopes and the promise that God has for this church. If you do those things, God will bless this church. The greater days are ahead of you. The best days are ahead of you. And we know that there's going to be a day. 
a day when we'll be able to stand together and hold hands and rejoice in the fact that God is able to do exceedingly more than anything we can think of, anything we can imagine, according to the power of his spirit at work within us. That's his promise. I, I know that there are some challenges that are facing you in the life of this church in the days to come. But I believe that the greatest days are ahead of you. And know that I'm going to be praying for you. And I'm going to be cheering you every step of the way. Because I believe that this is God's desire for this church. His church. And then finally, I think God desires for us to recognize him and to glorify him for his work among us. I mean, ultimately, God wants us to give him the praise and the honor and the glory for the work that he is going to do and that he does among us. In verse 21, he says, The people I have formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. You know, if you heard my sermon last Sunday, if you remember what I preached on last Sunday, uh, you heard me say that it is important that we remember whose we are. And sometimes we struggle with that. Sometimes we forget. We start thinking, you know, this is my church. <laughs> Folks, this is not my church. I, I've had the privilege of serving you. And as much as I've come to love you, this is not my church. And it's not your church either. This is God's church. This is the church of Jesus Christ. And if you're going to be the church that God is calling you to be, and if you're going to fulfill the, the promise and the hope and to realize God's dream that he has for you as a church, it requires you to remember always whose you really are. The next pastor will come and offer spiritual leadership here for a season. That's why it works in the Methodist church. Uh, but folks, ultimately, this is Christ's church. And when we forget that, we cut ourselves off from the promises, from the blessings and the power that God gives to his church. So never forget that. In all that you do, strive to give glory and honor and praise to God. Seek first his righteousness in all that you do. Make Jesus the center and the focus of everything that you do. And you'll know that God will bless that. When other people see you, the people of Zachary United Methodist Church, at work or at play, may they see Jesus in and through you. For this is how you bring glory to God in heaven. As long as you seek to be Christ's church and you seek to fulfill the mission that Jesus has for this church, God will honor that. He will bless you. The best days, the greatest days are ahead of you. And finally, I want you to know that I love each and every one of you. And I will always cherish the blessings that you have made to me and my family in the time that we've had together. Our goodbyes are you know, never easy. I don't like saying goodbye. Someone says, we'll see you later or whatever, but they're difficult. And I've just had to deal with more goodbyes here recently than, than I really wanted to at any, any time in my life. And Marie and I, uh, we now find ourselves as empty nesters all of a sudden uh, as we've had to say goodbye to our baby girl. And Jan, you know what that's going to be like. <laughs> you know, goodbye to our baby girl. She's uh, Michelle, who was up here. And I want to thank you for the the way that you allowed her to share her ability and grow in that, that now she's a worship leader at a church in Minden, Methodist Church there, and a youth director. And, and you were a part of uh, her development here, and thank you for that. And we've had to say goodbye to her, at this, and she's, in, she's doing well in her new venture there. 
Uh, this past week, uh, I had to say the final things that I needed to say to my father, who was just moved to hospice Friday to finish the final days of his life. And I covet your prayers as me and my family go through this time of saying goodbye. And today, I will be saying goodbye to 38 years of pastoral ministry, which is something that just really hasn't sunk in yet. (laughs) Because, I I don't know, Harold, uh, maybe it takes time (laughs) for that to happen, but uh, this is just what I've done my whole life. And, uh, you know, saying goodbye to that just feels weird. But um, God's trying to do a new thing in my life, too. And thank you for your prayers. And then at the end of this service, I will give the benediction, and I will no longer be your pastor. You know, I hope to be, that we, we, we will be friends. Uh, I will be your brother in Christ. And I hope that uh, uh, we will be able to see each other from time to time in different places. You're always welcome to catch that last train to Clarksville, Tennessee, and, and come up to uh, see us. We would love that. Uh, but we, we hope to uh, keep in touch. We hope to hear about the great work that God's going to be doing through you. But I will no longer be your pastor. Beginning in May, which is just next week, uh, Jane Rickey will come to be your interim pastor. You're going to be blessed by her ministry. And then in July, Josh Milliron will be here as your new pastor. And I hope that you will love them and honor them as you have done for me. Today is the day that I release you and ask that you release me knowing that the God who started this great work among you will bring it to completion on that day when he comes and returns again. And whether it's on this side of eternity or whether it's in heaven, I know that we will see each other again. As we take different paths in our ministry, I know that God will bless this church. Thank you for how you blessed my life. And again, God will lead us no matter what. So in that spirit, I want to invite you to pray with me. God, these are the people that I have laughed with, that I have cried with, people that I have loved and people that that love me. And together we have sought to live out the gospel and to grow as your disciples. And today, God, I just entrust them to you. I pray that you will give them the wisdom and the strength that they need for the future. I pray that you will give them the bounty of all your blessings in the day ahead. Help them, O Lord, to remain faithful to you and to one another. Help them to remain faithful in their their vows of their prayers, their presence, their gifts, their service, and their witness, so that you might be glorified and seen in all that they do. Help them, O Lord, to work together in unity as a family, that they may find favor with you and with all people. And now may the grace of God, the power of his Holy Spirit, be with them. In the name of Jesus, I pray all of these things. Amen.